Welcome to a special presentation of Sellout Crowd, Conversations with Coach. I'm Bob Stoops. I'm taking time to talk with my friends and colleagues in the sports world to get caught up and share some stories. But first, I want to say thanks to these sponsors, Rose Hill Builders, First Fidelity Bank, and Louie's Bar and Grill. Well, Bob, this is going to be fun for me. We used to do this a lot, but I always had to share the uh, time with about 30 other reporters. So now Absolutely. we get to ask you all, uh, all questions. And uh, now I, who would have thought we're partners in this media business? How about that? Well, it is crazy how life turns, but it's been fun so far. I think it's going to keep being fun. And, I've, had, uh, I've really enjoyed my time getting to visit with buddies, you know, that, that I hadn't seen in a while. So it, it's fun doing it. Well, people are enjoying it, but they also want to hear just straight from you. So we've got a variety of questions from uh, from readers and listeners and, and fans, and okay. um, got got a good collection here. Um, let's go straight to uh, let's go straight to one of the uh, the big uh, talking points in OU football right now, which is sooner soon we'll be in the SEC. You've co you played in the Big Ten, you coached in the Big Eight, the SEC, the Big Twelve. You've analyzed games for for the Pac-12, what historically has been the differences between conferences and what are the differences now? Yeah, I think overall uh, the SEC, Big Ten are a little bit more, I want to just say, I don't mean better, but a little or, or more physical, more physical lines of scrimmage probably a little bit. Uh, the Big 12 and Pac-12 probably a little more finesse, a little more speed and, and uh, you know, passing those you know a little little more efficiently passing especially through the big 12 all the great quarterbacks we've had go through here in the last 15 years I I, th I think to me those are the those are kind of the bigger differences be between the two conferences or the course, four, four or five conferences right I spend much time with the ACC uh truly but uh, uh anyway I to me that's what it gets down to a little more physical lines of scrimmage and a little more efficiency and and expertise in throwing the ball through the Big Twelve, maybe in the, in the Pac twelve. You, uh, of course, you've enjoyed this uh, this final season for for Drake, uh, not just uh, you know being part of the Sooners, but turning into a star. First team All Big Twelve for crying out loud. Uh, perhaps has a future in the NFL. Who knows? But uh, his twin Isaac has, has stepped his toe into coaching. Do you expect Drake to do the same thing? W would he be interested in coaching as well? You know, I really don't know. Uh, you know, Isaac did for a while. Uh, he isn't currently. So, uh, and he enjoyed it and loved it. And he, in fact, he, he misses it now that he isn't in it. So who knows? He may go back to it. And Drake um, hasn't talked about it. You know, Drake's one of those, whatever comes first. And all he's thought about is this year being his best this year, the team, you know, every, anything he can do to help him win. And I, I know that's all he's thinking about now, finishing the season with the bowl game. But then, you know, having an opportunity to play in the NFL. You know, there's, there's a lot of players through the years and even now that are in the league that have similar traits and characteristics and skills uh, that Drake has, and that's all he's got his mind on right now. Of course, bowl season starts uh, Sunday. Um, Looking back on your OU career, most years you were in the uh, a BCS Bowl, a major bowl, the, the Sugar, the uh, Fiesta, the Rose, the Orange. But 
when when the Sooners had one of the rare down year, you didn't make a BCS bowl. What was your favorite non BCS bowl trip? Oh man, that, you know they're all so good, and and the people go out of their way to really take care of you. So hopefully, I'm not offending anybody here, but. You know, the Holiday Bowl, just I think being in San Diego uh, for almost a week and, uh, you know, San Diego so consistent weather-wise and and uh, all there is to do, that's it's probably, that was probably one of, the, one of the ones that really sticks out to me, if it isn't one of the, one of the New Year's Six ones. Saturday um, or Friday, the OUTCU game, a uh, representative from the Independence Bowl was here. And it was the same guy who was sort of the OU liaison in 1999 when uh, when uh, your first year, you ended the OU bowl drought and 30,000 Sooner fans went to uh, went to Shreveport. What do you what do you remember about that week uh, and just <laughs> oh, the craziness be... of everybody being excited about the Sooners being back in a bowl game? Well, this will be good. I uh, was glad we were in a bowl, appreciative of the opportunity. I really felt we had bigger. Uh, things coming. I, I really did. Uh, I go out for the game and a roughneck runs me over all of a sudden. You know how they sprint down the field? I'm jogging out last like I always do. I let the team go ahead of me and they come running down the field. They get their legs tangled up and one of them just totally, it would have been a clip. It would have been, he'd have got a 15 yard penalty if he was a player. Hit me on the side of my bad knee where I don't have an anterior cruciate. My knee blew up like a watermelon by, by halftime. I'm limping around. I got a grass stain on my rear end, and Smitty sees it. And, you know, Smitty, he, he, he hated it, but he couldn't stop laughing. So he and Matt McMillan, they're over there giggling, pointing at me at my rear end in the grass stain. And, I mean, I did a whole 360 in the air and landed on my rear end. And, uh, and then we end up losing in the last seconds. You know, Deuce McAllister has that big kickoff return, and they hit a long field goal to beat us. I'm mad as all get out. And now the, the Independence Bowl Committee wants to present a trophy in the locker room for the second place in the Independence Bowl. <laughs> and I, I said, are you out of your mind? There is no way I'm bringing the team up to accept a, a second-place trophy in a bowl game. But they gave Matt the trophy, and I said, Matt, I gave him the trophy, and I said, make sure I never see that again. <laughs> so it's, it's probably in the closet somewhere in, in the dungeon up there in the stadium. But, uh, and then on the way home, it turns midnight on the bus. Yeah, and Y2K. all the guys are, pardon yeah. me? Y2K. Exactly, Y2K. Everybody's quiet after they lose a game. And I said, listen, guys, the season's over, right? They've, we're learning how to win. We, you know, we had a be better year than maybe some thought. But I said, everybody relax. Relax. You know, go, go back, enjoy your families, laugh a little bit, talk amongst each other. And I said, we got big, bigger things coming. I said, this, this season's over. But, you know, loosen up a little bit and enjoy the ride home. And, and let's, you know, let's, let's just have bigger things. next. We'll have bigger things coming next year. And and then everyone started talking and loosening up a little bit. And sure enough, we go on and win the national championship the next year. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Coaches are notorious for their for their duty to preparation and getting ready and, and, and taking care of the things they can control. But some of them turn superstitious. Do, did you have any pregame rituals 
any wardrobe or or rituals or or things you just needed had to have done before a game? I really didn't. Uh, I I uh, never bought into that. I got dressed differently every week. I got different clothes different weeks. It didn't matter to me. Um, I I, I didn't it never. To me, I had enough to worry about that. I wasn't going to worry about how I got dressed or what I wore and all of that stuff. So uh, really, really wasn't part of my routine whatsoever. Now, the one thing I remember you telling me one time was that one thing you like to do, especially on the road, was get to the stadium and take a stroll around the field, especially oh, yeah. if it was a new place or an historic place. Uh, any particular good memory? Of, of sort of enjoying and taking in the the uh, empty stadium before a game? Yeah, I, I always, you know, we get there always like two and a half, two hours, 15 minutes ahead of the game. It doesn't take me but 10 minutes to get dressed. So, you know, you, you just try and I always just love the stroll. I love stadiums. I love being in all stadiums. Uh, and then, you know, to me it was. It was always a little bit of you know, you, you you go through some of the routine of the game. You go through some of the play calls each side of the of the ball. You're down in distances. But ahead of doing that, I, I just enjoyed some peace and quiet, a little reflection. And, uh, you know, to me always, I had a little prayer time, you know, just uh, thanks for the day, uh, giving me a chance to be here in a competitive environment, you know, wherever it was. And then, uh, you know, when – get me ready for the fight, you know, and then, uh, and then, and then you start to get into it once, like I said, then I start reading some of our scripts and things like that of what, what our calls are thinking through some of the parts of the game and then go in and get dressed. What's the, what's the percent chance, Bob, that you would coach college football again? Uh, not very high. Uh, it would have to be something I just couldn't say no to. Not sure what that might be. I'm I'm just a believer in you never say never or always. It's just, you know, you never know what the good Lord's going to bring you. Uh, it's not, I'm not sitting there seeking it or looking for it, uh, but you just never know what might happen. What's the closest you ever came to taking an, an NFL job? David Boren always said that, more than a college job, he feared losing you to the Cleveland Browns, especially in the early 2000s. Well, there was a couple times without naming names, uh, early and mid 2000s that, uh, mid, yeah, uh, that up to 2008 that I was approached by, by a couple people and, and, and it got known. I, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to play the game because I've seen coaches go through interviews and act and then they 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 lead you to believe that you're offered the job i've seen coaches ruin their, their you know careers that way and and uh then and then they, you don't have the job whatever it's just so i i was always adamant i told you know my agent might talk to people but i said listen until somebody i hear from an owner uh that that i've got this contract and this is what it is and this is how many whatever i've said i'm not i'm not I'm not going to go through this BS when I, when I feel I've got the, one of the best jobs in the country. And, uh, and then lo and behold, uh, a time or two in particular, I could think of one, I get home from a recruiting trip and the phone's ringing. Uh, I know what the area code is. And sure enough, it's an owner. And he goes, I hear you don't want to talk to anybody else. Uh, but the owner, I said, that's right. And he says, well, this is so-and-so. 
And I want, I want you to know I'm serious about you. I want you to look at this job and on and on. And, and again, it got down to here. It was the back and forth again. And I said, well, I'm not, I'm not getting in the middle of that when I love the job I have. Of course, out of OU a few years, and you decide to go back into a part-time role, head coach of an an XFL team. What led you to take that job, and what do you enjoy about it? Well, you know, when I got out, I I just wanted my own space, my own time. And lo and behold, after two, three years out, I had too much of my own space and too much of my own time. And my wife thought it'd be a good idea that I get out of the house for a few months. So, um, so I, I, it just fit well. Arlington, uh, the Arlington team's only two and a half hours down the road. Uh, so easy for my family or particular my wife, Carol, to come back and forth, to be down there for a while and, and then to go back. Uh, that fit me. I, I really believed in the ownership and the, the vision of the league. Um, all of it just fit, uh, fit me perfectly. It's, as you said, it's a certain portion of the year. Um, and it, some of it takes you all year evaluating certain things, but overall it, the games are only a, a limited time of the year. And, um, you know, so all, all of it together just, just really fit me. And, uh, I had a blast, you know, you go to practice, you're working with older guys who really know the game that pick everything up really quickly. Uh, the players do. Um, when I leave practice, I don't have to go to an academic meeting. I don't have to call Johnny's parents because Johnny won't go to class or won't go to study hall. I don't have to go to a compliance meeting. I don't have to go to a recruiting meeting. It's just football with a bunch of guys that are grown men who have families, a lot of them themselves. So uh, there's just no babysitting. So it's just, it was really enjoyable. And I, I had a blast with it. Uh, in particular, last year to finish the season, and we won the XFL championship. Of course, the new, the the revived uh, XFL after the pandemic, uh, the Rock Dwayne Johnson has gotten involved as uh, as one of the uh, investors. What uh, what was your first impression of the Rock? Just as you you see him, a wonderful guy to be around, uh, very easy to be around. Uh, got a huge presence, but that's because he, he's so talented. I mean, he's incredibly uh, bright, uh, you know, you know, just uh, just so successful in everything he does. So, but really, just a great guy to be around. And a guy's guy, he fits right in, you know, being around the players and being around the coaches and on the field. You could tell he's played before. So just a real enjoyable guy to be around. You know, he- you grew up in Youngstown, which is a prime NFL country. You're not far from Pittsburgh, not far from Cleveland. What was? Did you have a favorite NFL team growing up? Yeah. Or, we, and, and, and do you have a favorite team now or a team you follow now? Yeah, Youngstown's dead between Cleveland and Pittsburgh. And, and so, uh, but growing up as a young person, Pittsburgh was winning all those Super Bowls with Terry Bradshaw and Lynn Swan and all the, you know, that period of time. So I got to admit, I was I was more a Steelers fan growing up, and and truth be told, I'm uh, Youngstown's like 45 minutes from from Pittsburgh. It's a little closer than Cleveland's about an hour, but uh, but anyway, um, and then you know, uh, so I was I was more a Steelers fan uh, than I was the Browns, and the Browns, you know, weren't doing so well back then, and really for the most part, still aren't. <laughs> so so whatever. So anyway, Steelers were always the team I followed more. 
Do you follow NFL yep. today beyond just, you know, yeah. you've got a bunch of guys playing? Yeah, truth be told, I've always been one where proximity matters to me. Like wherever I've coached at, like when I was in Kansas State, I, I, I was more a Chiefs guy. You know, you recruit locally or recruit locally because that's most people are for them. So I, I, I'm for the Cowboys all the time being close to their uh, now, you know, uh, so uh, anyway, but truth be told, I just follow all our, our, our players that played for me. I'm always interested on how each of these guys have done. And, you know, I look through the box scores. I look through, uh, you know, if I can't see the game, I'm, or I'll be jumping back and forth between, you know, what Denver's got five or six of our guys and whatever, you know, Cincinnati, you know, watching, you know, I just watch all our, the players that played for me and, you know, very intently. Uh, what's the most athletic thing you've ever seen on a football field? Oh, wow. Um, wow. You know, just uh, a lot of it, you know, defensively, Roy Williams, you know, not just a Superman play, but a lot of what he did. Um, you know, offensively, you know, guys like DeMarco and Adrian and, and the special, some of the special plays. They, they made, and then all my quarterbacks, you know, there are too many to name that that's not easy what those guys do. I think, you know, we've had so many quarterbacks make it look easy that people get spoiled. And, you know, you look at Dylan Gabriel, some people, don't, you know, don't want, act like he measures up to some of these guys, and he does. Look at his numbers. This, it is so hard to play quarterback and to watch what so many of our quarterbacks have done, including what Dylan has done this year, to me is really, really athletic. You know, you, you bring up Dylan and, you know, you brought Kyler to Norman. Um, you've had some you've had some big guys play quarterback. You've also had some some smaller guys play quarterback. Is is Dylan and Kyler, are they good examples of guys that they don't have to be six foot four um, Sam Bradford types to to make it big? Oh, definitely. Um, you know, uh, those guys uh, definitely they, they've shown. I mean, look at their numbers their stats. Um, you know, that's become a thing anymore. Even, uh, you look, even Bryce young, right. Is in the NFL now. And there's a lot of these guys I've, I've talked to drew Brees many times and, and I'm not a big guy, but I'm, I look eye to eye with Drew. you know, so, and look at the, all the great success he's had through the years. So point being, um, you know, the, there's, it's been shown over and over with the right, you, you know, you got the right talent. You could still play at a high level regardless of of how big you are you got to coach a bunch of great players um anybody ever stick out that you didn't coach but you wish you had oh man that's there's a bunch of them you know but a guy I really got to know through all the Heisman stuff going on with Jason White I got to be around Larry Fitzgerald several times and what a prince of a guy and what an amazing talent um, I just, you put the two of those together. Uh, those are the guys you just love to, to coach that are humble, but big time, you know, athletes. And, uh, and, uh, you know, I, I was at the Fiesta Bowl practicing Larry been in the league. I don't know, I don't know what year this was, but he has been in the league for eight, nine years. And he comes by practice with, uh, one of his, one of the team's security guards who was just a buddy of his and they're, they go to high school games every weekend before their Sunday games. But he wanted to come 
to our practice. He sought out Ryan Broyles. Ryan had torn his ACL. And he goes, I'm a big fan of Ryan Broyles. I want to meet him. He, so he come walking up to me and I said, I already known Larry from meeting him with through all the Heisman stuff. And I said, here, Larry, he's over on the other field with the offensive guys. He walks all the way over and spends, you know, 15, 20 minutes talking with Ryan, encouraging him about how it's going to be okay. And once he's healed up and, you know, that's just the kind of guy he, he didn't have to do that. He didn't even know Ryan Brooks, but he, he wanted to, he wanted to, to, to go encourage him, you know, just on his journey back from the ACL. But, and he, what a, what a great player he was. Good story. Good story. Let's go off the field for a minute. You and Carol have been married for 35 years. We had, we had a reader that wanted to know, what's the success? What's your key to success for a successful marriage in the coaching industry, which can be really taxing on, on a family? You know, I, I think as much as anything, uh, Carol, you know, we dated five years while I wasn't making any money. I was a grad assistant, volunteer assistant, but uh, making, you know, just at my time at Iowa. And uh, she knew she was a very independent person. It wasn't like she was counting the hours or where have you been or I'm waiting on you. She knew what 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 the coaching world entailed and uh, and was always, you know, very supportive of it. She understood how it what it meant to all these players and and the time commitment it took to have success and to go recruit and to help develop these players. And and uh, so she she was always very understanding and and knew. Uh, the job, uh, I think, as much as anything. And then I, th- I think, too, uh, I did a good job naturally, including her, as well as all the, my coaches' wives were always welcome at the office, could always stop in for lunch, can always stop in after practice for dinner. They were always invited and always welcome, uh, regardless of what we were doing. Uh, I, I think that always mattered. You know, our wives were allowed to go and I had a, a policy. They can go on any trip they want, if or or all of them, any away trip, uh, you know, they wanted to go on. So we, a lot of lot of inclusion that way. And and I think for everybody, uh, communication. And I'll be honest, I'm not the best communicator, but uh, but uh, anyone out there trying to have a great relationship, that's probably number one. You know, you got to do your best, and and uh, and then you know, and then all the. You know, just the uh, inclusion, uh, the loyalty, and and all of that, and sharing. You've uh, you got to go a lot of places, Bob. See a lot of things. Uh, you got a lot of interest beyond football. Uh, but what's still on your bucket list? Any site around the world you'd like to see, or event you'd like to attend, or activity you'd still like to do? Well, a couple of things, I guess. Uh, when you think of trips or places to go. I, I, I want to do a safari in Africa. I know as well as Carol, my wife, that's, that's on our big bucket list to, to do, uh, to go to Africa and, and do a safari. And uh, we're close to doing that, but it seems a little, I don't think I can do it this year. Uh, also, a simple thing would be to, I want to go to Lambeau Field, see a, green, a game at, at Green Bay. You know, uh, to me, that's one of the more iconic places. Um, so I'm going to have to wait. It's getting a little too cold for my blood right now. So maybe, maybe next year early now that Drake isn't playing at OU anymore, I can, I can get up there for a game, uh, next early fall. Well, good. What, what's your favorite place you've ever been? 
Oh, man. Um, anywhere in, uh, in Italy. I, I've been multiple trips over there and uh, absolutely have, have enjoyed the heck out of every, every one of them. And I've been south to north and I've in between and uh, uh, pretty special any, anywhere you go over there. Well, Bob, this has been fun. It's been a treat for me getting to chat some old football and some new football and all those things. And uh, as we said, it's been great having you with Sellout Crowd, and it's uh, a lot of fun being partners. I appreciate it, Barry. Always great to be with you. Good questions there today. And uh, selloutcrowd.com if people want to go find it.